Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Coming to you live from Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan. It is the Fantasy Football Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. For the next hour, myself, Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, the All-In Kid, Jake Seeley, and Wall Street, Matt Medica. We got you covered. Today's topic of conversation, rookies not named Saquon Barkley. You already know what the young man from the New York Giants should do. But what about the rest of the rookies? We'll introduce you to them, let you know what teams they're on, and how you think we'll fear in the 2018 season. Also, a little bit later on in the program, uh, world-famous sports handicapper Danny B. Come sit in this seat over here. We'll talk a little bit to him. Obviously, we want to get you on the horn, 844-843-68-79. Um, so, NFL Draft, that uh, that's Thursday night, April 25th. I got himself in a little bit of trouble. I was in here hammered. I'll be 100% honest with you. You feel what I'm saying? But I do remember a lot of what went on that night because I went back and I watched the draft program as much as if I could watch because then I was watching it and I was like, oh, God, this is embarrassing. You know what I'm saying? I was out there. I was telling everybody how much I loved them and stuff like that. <laughs> it was a wild night. That happens during draft night. The draft night is a party anyway, but I was working. I should have did a better job that night of following along. But I've been getting up to speed, obviously, you got Jake Seeley's work over there at RotoExperts.com. He was not hammered in NFL draft night. He was breaking it down, doing the correct thing while I was in here acting like a goon. Speaking of the goon, shout out to the goon squad. Uh, everybody in the YouTube chat, link up, 844-843-6879. If you want to get on the telephone, you already know keepers, rookies, dynasty, whatever you got. So, Jake Seeley, all in, kid. How you doing this day, today, sir? You remember NFL draft night and how I was a little bit of knee raider, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I definitely remember that. I, I, I remember very clearly. It was embarrassing, Jake. I, I had a good talking to by several people uh, after that happened. <laughs> it wasn't nice. Man, I, my, my, my father was like, why, why in the hell would you do that? Papa Parson was like, what's going on? You can't I understand this draft night and you're partying and stuff. But number one, you, you're, at, you're at work, so you shouldn't be doing it at work, number one. And number two, he also said you should never get that hammered in front of your coworkers. Uh, it's just uh, more magical words from Papa Parson, <laughs> you know, words to live by, you know. No doubt. I have to agree 100%. Right, well, thank you, Matt. Now, <laughs> in the break, you can get after me. You can get on me, too. So I thought I was past it, but apparently six weeks later, we still got to slam the fantasy executive for this. All right, so here we go, Jake. All in, kid. Let's get ready to get rocking and rolling. Let's get it started. We all know Saquon Barkley is going to go somewhere between five and my guess is nine in 12-team redrafts. That's where the New York Giant running back will be drafted non-PPR, or PPR. Now, let's talk about the rest of the rookie class. Let's get to start talking about some of these running backs, some of these wide receivers, and break these dudes down. And I want to start off with you, Jake, asking you about Rashad Penny, who was projected to be the running back for the Seattle Seahawks this year. The offensive line stinks. We know that. Russell Wilson carries the whole offense. They don't have Jimmy Graham no more, Doug Baldwin, the whole gang, yada, yada, yada. Penny is the one, though. He's going as currently as the second running back off the board in most drafts that I've seen. He seems to go in that third-round range. The Seattle Seahawks haven't had a running game since Marshawn Lynch left. And the thing about Rashad Penny is a lot of people compare him to Marshawn Lynch, Jake. I don't get the Marshawn Lynch comparison, but the fact is he should have a similar impact. The fact is Rashad Penny is a terrific running back. There's a reason the Seahawks moved into the first round to get Rashad Penny is because he can be a three-down back. He's elusive as he gets. He can take plays to the house all the time. As Emery always says, what do you want from your running back as a guy who knows how to score touchdowns? And the guy knows how to score touchdowns, 20-plus touchdowns every single year. Rashad Penny is a terrific talent. I actually thought before the draft that NFL teams might be a little bit off of him, similar to Kareem Hunt, smaller school and all those type of things, and he was going to end up being like Kareem Hunt and overlooked. But 
the Seahawks weren't tricked by that. They did not overlook Rashad Penny. He's being brought in. They traded for Dwayne Brown in the middle of the offseason last year, or middle of this season last year. And in this offseason, they brought in DJ Fluker, who's a great run blocker. So the scared part of you know the offensive line is not as bad as people think. Rashad Penny deserves to be a fringe RB1. He's an RB2, but he's in that top five or so of the RB2. Uh, how you go about that? So we got a rookie running back that's going second in the third round, Rashad Penny. Matt, what's he look like? What's his ADP? How's things shaking out for Penny on, in the high stakes circle? And is he a player that you think you'll be involved in in 2018? Uh, I'm not sure right now because he right now he's 43rd overall in the last month. This is in the draft champions. This is a total of eight drafts. So we have a combined ADP off of that. He's currently going uh, side by side with Mark Ingram which I find that ADP to be way too high for my liking. Uh, but, I mean, am I going to go with Penny? I look, there's a lot to like. You know, he's a big back. He's got, you know, he's he's got elusiveness, can break tackles. Yeah. Uh, how is the pass protection? That's going to be one thing. I mean, look, I don't know if he's going to be the three-down back there. I know the opportunity for him is presented for him. But uh, I kind of like Darius Geis. Okay. I know there is a running back in place right now. But I'm of the belief that he's going to supersede him. So he's only going seven picks later, and Sonny Michelle's going eight. So that becomes an interesting— So your second-ranked rookie running back would be Geis over, over Rashard Penny? I think so. Why? Because I, mean, I, I think Geis, number one, you know, I, I think the LSU backs get a little uh, henpecked. Yeah. I'll say that. I think this is a guy that's supremely talented— can do a lot of things that we haven't really he didn't get the exposure that if he played in a different offense he might have gotten so and i think he's going to usurp the uh running back that's currently there all right so what do you think all in kid jake silly would you how close are guys and penny when it comes to rookie running backs and what they can do in 2018 oh they're very close I mean, for the fact is i could tell you i even have them pretty close in my rankings because i have rashad penny three spots in front of Darius Geis. Actually, well, three if you give Geis. There's only two players in between them. Okay. It's Penny McKinnon, Joe Mixon, Darius Geis. And to be honest with you, he could Geis could easily get right past Joe Mixon if what we see today is true. Like, I've been trying to tell people since the draft, Geis is a value. As a Giants fan, I hated that he fell to the Redskins. I was annoyed. I was ticked off. We talked about it during that time. I'm sure you don't remember, but we talked about it during that time. And I said, he's falling because he's a weird guy. Well, guess who else was a weird guy? Marshawn Lynch. He's still a weird guy. Marshawn Lynch was a top five running back in the NFL. The fact is Darius Geis draws so many similarities to Leonard Fournette. The fact is how good he is on first and second down. He's a better pass catcher than people realize because LSU still runs an offense from 1999 and don't pass to the running back. And the fact is he's even got the injury concerns like Leonard Fournette. But if you look at Darius Geis and he is going to lead that backfield. Chris Thompson is going to be involved still. He's probably going to catch 40 plus balls out of the backfield, but that doesn't mean guys still can't catch 20 to 30 of his own, especially with Alex Smith back there. So I think Geis is a clear high end RB2 just alongside with Penny. And if you basically if you're looking at the running back to get in that range and you're looking at other options right now as Matt's saying for ADP you can let somebody else take Penny the, despite the fact that I still think that's a value because Geis is coming at an even better value so draft now get both if you even want to because by the time August rolls around people are not going to be letting Geis go as far as he should because Geis should be a third round pick. Draft early and draft often Matt Medica that the ADP should rise on, on Darius Geis that's a good call. Let me ask you Matt let me talk to you about um Let's switch over to wide receiver right quick. DJ Moore ends up in Carolina. We know the situation in Carolina. Cam Newton, you bring North Turner in. They got the new offensive coordinator. Devin Funches, we finally saw signs of a breakout last year in Funches. Is this a place that you think DJ Moore can come in and get action right away? If if I'm going to go with a rookie wide receiver, he seems to be the guy that has that landed in the best uh, situation. But I still think it's going to be Funches. Uh, Greg Olson is still there. I know he's another year older, yeah. but he's still there. North Turner always liked going to the tight end. He never did with Kyle Rudolph, though. Yeah. Remember how we bought into that so many years with Kyle that, Rudolph? I guess that's never true. Happened? I guess we can make that. But that was that was something to do with the quarterback play too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, so I mean, I'm looking at it that way. This year, I'm really don't. I really don't see myself being. I see myself being involved with a lot of rookie running backs. Yeah. But hardly any wide receivers. Something like late. It's yeah. got to be. A, 
a lottery ticket where I'm hoping I can keep the guy or if I don't get him, somebody else drafts him, cuts him, and I pick him up. This is a bad landing spot for more, right, Jake? Yeah, it's uh, – no, 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 wait, bad – I said like, bad, like bad. Like this – the, the, the Maryland, the Terp standout, should you want to see him in a more dynamic offense than Carolina? No, well, actually, it's a terrific landing spot for his ability and opportunity and team-wise. Like, so, fit, it's perfect because it's similar to Michael Thomas landing with the Saints and he's a slot flanker and replace Marquise Colston. And that's exactly the role that Marquise Colston played. And that's why I said at the time is you, it's rare to find a player that just fits a need like this. DJ Moore fits a, a huge need for the Panthers. But to your point, for fantasy purposes, while he might be a terrific fit and fill that need and be the option that they haven't had for a while there as a number two and could really create more problems over the middle of the field along with Greg Olson, just because Greg Olson spends all his time over the middle of the field doesn't mean DJ Moore can't do his own damage. If you go back to the Saints comparison with Michael Thomas and Marquise Colson before, well, guess what? Marquise Colson played with Jimmy Graham. They both spent a lot of time over the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. So you can have that work. The problem is more about Cam Newton. Cam Newton is not a 40, you know, 44, 4,500 yard passer. The 30 plus touchdowns looks like a one off thing. So that's where fantasy wise, it's like, this is probably going to be a better real life situation than fantasy. I'm with Matt more so in non PPR. Devin Funches is being disrespected way oh, too heavily, it. especially in non PPR. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I got him as, I got him as my fifth wide receiver on a team. Already. I do too. And that, most yeah, most of the time it's fourth, but even that's a little bit of disrespect to him. I think it's because people are excited about DJ Moore so much because it's fantasy Twitter, it's draft Twitter. Oh, DJ Moore. Yeah. yeah, no, look, I I, I do agree with Funches. It it did take uh, a little time to drink the Kool Aid, but I drank it. It tasted it pretty damn good. It did. It won me a championship. <laughs> so uh, I'll agree with that. It, it's an interesting uh, group that Funches is in right now. He's currently like 69th off the board. There's Pierre Garçon right after him, Robert Woods, Michael Crabtree, and then Sammy Watkins, who's fallen down to 75th overall. Sammy Watkins, Matt Medica's doppelganger. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do think Sammy is a, uh, is, is, is a value this year. You know yeah, I know you think Sammy's a, is. But, but Sammy now, could be going to th- as the first wide receiver off the board. The matter would be like, that's a value. No, no, but last year, as, as much as we joke about Sammy Watkins, yeah. the, the minute he was traded from the Bills, who hopped off, I was off. No, so, that's true. You know. As much as you know, I could be, I could play the game. I'm a homer and this and that with him. I got off of Sammy Watkins as that, soon as he was girl sick. goes to bed. He starts texting Sammy Watkins. <laughs> <laughs> you up? <laughs> Watkins texts back like, "Yeah, I'm up. <laughs> like, meet me outside." <laughs> it's, it's you again. <laughs> hey, just real quick, like DJ Moore right now, from what I'm seeing, and like I said, this is the draft champion, so it's a different. Format, yeah. and hold quarterbacks will get pushed up, and you got to get multiple quarterbacks. But he's going one fiftieth uh, overall, yeah, and that's with the likes of Cam Meredith, Sean Jackson, and Kenny Kenny Galladay. Oh, and that's an interesting bunch right there. Kenny Galladay coming back for his second season, Sean Jackson his second season, and um. And uh, Tampa I mean, Bay Cam, down there with the and Bucks. And you got Cam Meredith now with the uh, Saints. Yeah, that's going to be interesting too. But I, that, that Kamara took up so much of that last year. But we got all summer to talk mm-hmm. about that. Jake, let's hop back in on these rookies. My guy, University of Alabama wide receiver Calvin Ridley. He ends up in Atlanta with the Falcons. Slot flanker out there. We got Julio. You got Muhammad Sanu. Tevin Coleman's going to catch you some balls. Devontae Freeman got to get his work. But Ridley's a dynamic talent, and I do like this landing spot. For who? I missed you at the beginning. Oh, I'm sorry, Calvin Ridley. No, it's not your fault. It's just the audio just like one second. As soon as you said the name, it's just the worst timing. Calvin Ridley, look, this is actually a good and a bad situation for him. So it's good because it's actually a decent landing spot because he can be the number two. And a number two with the Falcons has value. I mean, you can go back to Roddy White before Julio Jones mm-hmm. and number two option there when Julio Jones was first emerging. So the fact is number two is sustainable in this offense. Mohamed Sanu had value last year and Mohamed Sanu is not the talent of Calvin Ridley. The problem is Sanu is not going to away just yet. Sanu could actually make a heck of a lot of damage out of the slot, which he probably gets pushed to this year. But that's the problem with Calvin Ridley is you got Julio Jones, you got Sanu in the slot, you got Freeman and Coleman out of the backfield. How many targets are you really going to see for Ridley? And even if you say he gets 80 to 90 over the season, how consistent are those going to be week to week? He is going to have value. He's a nice long-term outlook, but as of for just this year in redraft, it's tough to trust Ridley. 
Before we hit, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that. I mean, his ADP is like 130. He's going right after Robbie Anderson, Marquise Lee, and then as Jake said, with Sanu in the slot, Sanu's going at 180. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that, that is wow. Um, let me, I'm trying. I'm, I want to knock Steve in Massachusetts out the way right quick. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Steve, what's going on with you, buddy? What's the deal, Steve? Uh, I had a, I had a question. Um, so normally you could wait on tight end, but how important is it to get to get the elite guys like Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski, and Travis Kelsey because of the uncertainty of the tight end position this year? Because you got like uh, Trey Burton going like to to the Bears. You don't know what's going on with Kyle Rudolph and uh, Jimmy Graham's situation. Like, like, uh, is that something that you got to focus on in the draft? Like, knowing that, all right, I got to go grab Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey, or do you think that you can still wait? All right, this is what we're going to do, Steve, and I thank you. Thank you for the telephone call. When we come back on the other side after the break, I'm going to let Matt and Jake break down the tight end situation, how they are approaching it this year. I'm never going to go for the guys in the top tier because I don't trust Gronk. Kelsey's going to be with a new quarterback. Trey Burton's going is a player that I like. Kyle Rudolph's a player that I like. Everybody, all 11 people in your league are going to be on those same guys. So we do have to figure out the tight end situation this upcoming season because somebody's got to pop at some point. If it's going to be George Kittle, I don't know, whatever the case may be. Anyway, fantasy football frenzy. Telephone lines is open. Shout out to my man Steve being the first one to get in here. Goon Squad, holla at me, 844-843-6879. World-class handicapper Danny B. A little bit later on in the program, it's the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. I was was getting ready to, to say... I mean, this is a tradition like none other. T.I. Thursday on the Frenzy. All right, so it is T.I. Thursday. Got the tip. 844-843-6879. Telephone number to get involved. I want to go around the room on this tight end situation right quick. And then I want to talk about Terrell Owens and the latest uh, news with Terrell Owens. And then we'll get back to talking about some of these uh, rookies not named Saquon Barkley. Uh, Jake. Um, before the break, Steve asked about, and, but with, with the with the tight end tier so mixed up and nobody really that you can really depend upon this year, Steve is saying, why don't you just go get one of the top guys so you set at that position? My thing is, I'm not wasting a pick on an early on a tight end early. I'd rather get value out my tight end position. How are you handling it? Yeah, I've never been one to invest that early of a pick because they go wait. People always jump on them too early. Gronkowski's going to go to somebody in the second round. Travis Kelsey's going to somebody in the second round after what's been going on. Ertz is second, third. He's even been creeping into the second round. So the fact is, I'm just not doing that because it can work. Like, this is one of the things is like, we talk about this all the time. Everything can work. Every strategy under the sun can work. You're just trying to eliminate the risk or increase the probability of yours working. Drafting a tight end when you do there is one of the lower a bit like it's the lower percentages of working because unless that tight end does play 16 games, you're losing value. No matter like grab Ronkowski when he goes and plays 11 games, you lost value at that pick. It doesn't matter because of the, the what you lose at running back and wide receiver is what you have to incorporate with that. So if Gronkowski plays 16 games, He's worth the second rounder. It's just that investment you got to pay. So I understand. I'm just never going to do it. I if now if Gronkowski is scaring me at the middle end of the third, it'll be hard for me to pass on him. I'm looking this year more as I kind of want one of the top 
eight, and the eight includes some of the names like you said, with Kyle Rudolph, Jimmy Graham, uh, Evan Ingram, even Delaney Walker. Nobody cares about Delaney Walker anymore. Nobody cared about Delaney Walker last year, and what does he do? He goes out and be a top five tight end like he always is. I understand there's a little bit of concern with age and the offense changing, but I'll still take Delaney Walker. It's when you start to get in the conversation of the Jack Doyles now that Eric Ebron's there, and we don't know what's going on with Andrew Luck. Can Jordan Reed play half a season? Can Tyler yeah, Eifert play half a season? And then all these hot-button names like the Trey Burtons of the world. Now you have to double down, really, at tight end. So that's why I'd rather get a top eight, because I really don't want to draft two tight ends. What do you think? I uh, think I might be doing the two tight end draft scenario, yeah. <laughs> because I'm never going to pay up for this. I'm looking here over these eight, eight drafts. Uh, Travis Kelsey's highest pick was 19. That's crazy. His lowest was 31. Yeah. You know, Alex Smith is gone. Look, I still think Kelsey's an an awesome player and stuff, but I'm not investing that capital in uh, this type of a player. And I would like to get somebody, say, in that. Look, if I can get Kyle Rudolph for every draft, that's seventh round-ish or maybe beginning of the eighth, I'm totally sold The problem with that is all the – the other 11 people in yes, your draft are going to be thinking the same thing. Exactly. No, 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 see, that's not true yet. Okay. Yet. See, this is why you draft early. Because, Matt, I was actually going to bring that up before Corey jumped in. Is So I've done, I, t- I keep referencing the five magazine mock drafts I've did. All five, actually four out of the five, I have Kyle Rudolph because I got him in the eighth round of every single one of them. The only one I missed out on was somebody beat me by two picks in the seventh round at the end of the seventh to your point, And I didn't get Kyle Rudolph. And I ended up waiting to the end of the draft and still getting Delaney Walker in the 12th. But the point being, I, I've been getting Kyle Rudolph in the eighth. If you draft now, I think you can still do it. I think, to your point, Corey, is because we're talking about it, I think people are going to wake up, and a month from now, you're going to have to pay sixth-round value to get Kyle Rudolph. And then, see, I want Ertz in the sixth. <laughs> Ertz not going to be in that's, the sixth. That's not happening. <laughs> and, and look, and, and, and in all seriousness, like, like with Zach Ertz, you heard it out of last year in Philadelphia that Trey Burton was a better route uh, yeah. runner and all this kind of stuff. I think he's in a really good situation. I know Adam Shaheen did yeah. some nice things for them as well last year. I agree with Burton. The thing with Burton is, um, the thing here's the thing with Burton. Everybody gonna be on Burton. You feel what I'm saying? Oh, we all are talking about Burton. So if we all talking about Burton, exactly. everybody's gonna try to get Burton. And Burton goes to a place chill out. where he's good at too. Because see, the Chicago Bears always utilize a tight end. And if they went out and got Burton and brought him there, they're going to use him. Yeah, but one thing about like paying for a tight end in a fifth or sixth round, I, I'd rather have a Dion Lewis. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, look, where's De- Dion Lewis? Yeah, Dion Lewis. Oh, okay. Patterson. I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. I'm talking about. I'd rather draft a running back with that spot. Okay, okay. Like, say I, I went yeah. wide receiver, wide receiver, and then I hit three running backs with, with my next three picks. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna do the Jimmy Graham thing again. I did yeah. it last year. I'm not doing it. I know it's Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Graham. Sounds like peanut butter and jelly, but. I'm staying away. Jake, you want to get back in here, or can I go to the phones? No, I was just going to say, I've been I've been talking about Burton, but I've been telling people to chill out on Burton because Adam Shane's still there. And the fact right. is, he's a talent in his own right. And I don't know that Trey, Trey Burton should be, but it's not like I don't see him getting 80% of that workload. So there might be some inconsistencies there. All right, that's interesting. Cameron Brake's still around. He's on the contract. Hey, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like four tight ends I want, and then everybody else is <laughs> talking about me, them but too. Like Shaheen, Shaheen was a, a guy that people were talking about last year, mm-hmm. and yeah. again, forgetting that it's a rookie, so don't expect a lot. And, of course, Trubisky being a rookie as well. But Shaheen is talented in his own – like he's not Trey Burton quite on the route running, and the, but he's still a good pass-catching tight end. I don't be surprised if he's in the mix a little bit. 844-843-6879. Let's go out to Mark in Massachusetts. Mark, what's up with you? Hey, what's up, yo? How are you? Uh, I had a couple things. Uh, a couple questions. First of all, and I'll, I'll go off the air. I uh, was wondering what what you think about Callum Balage in, uh, in Miami, uh, what his prospects are, and also just a dynasty trade analysis. Uh, uh, I think this is so lopsided. Julio Jones in a fourth-round pick for a second-round pick. Robert Woods, James White, and Alex Collins. Oh, Hold on, Julio. Like you give uh, Julio in the fourth. Oh, we stay on the line. Cause I didn't hear the player name. Julio in the fourth, and then what's yeah. the other side of it? Yeah, Julio in the fourth round, right? Uh, from one team to for Robert Woods, James White, Alex Collins and a second-round pick. Do you think that's a lopsided trade? Would you do something like that if you're a commissioner or whatnot? All right, this right here, this is a lot to give up for Julio Jones. This is a ton. Yeah. I, 
as a as a commissioner as a commissioner I'm not going to step in and shoot this down but you're giving up a second round pick Robert Woods who could outscore Julio he, at times he was last right. year I okay Jake I understand but at times <laughs> last year <laughs> at times last year um James White this is kind of a donut Alex Collins you know what don't it's not as bad as you as it looks as it sounded at first to be it's, honest. But with also because Collins may not be a starter, James White could be a part-time player. No. You know Robert, how the, you know how there's nothing wrong with it is I don't know which which side he has an issue with. Okay, there you go. There's that, and look, if you play in a league and you got to worry about trades getting vetoed and stuff like that, then to me you shouldn't be in that league. Uh, That's the way I always there, look at it. This there is, should this never is be veto trades yeah. ever. People are adults. Again, the only time you ever veto is if they're proof of collusion, and then you just kick those people out of the league. Otherwise, people are adults. People want, value people differently. That's why vetoes are terrible, because I value people differently than Corey does, than Matt does, and we're all going to see a trade three different ways. All right, so it, it's yeah. not egregious. And who was the player you asked about? Uh, yeah, just Calvin Balich. I think he has a lot of potential for this year and, and in the future with the, you know, in PPR. And I think that uh, Adam Gase and what he was saying about him, I think there's a lot of potential with that. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think? I'll, I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Right. I, I, I think it's an intriguing uh, athlete. I think the athleticism that this guy has is really good. I still think it should be Kendrick Drake who has the, you know, majority of whatever kind of committee is going to be there in Miami. We mentioned it the other day. I don't get what he did last year not to warrant the opportunity. Jake mentioned that, you know, maybe Miami sees something. But I think he should still get enough touches, uh, Drake, that he is a back you want to have on your team. And, uh, you know, maybe Ballers right now is better for the receiving aspect. So he can have a role. So if you get Drake and you get Bullage for nothing, why not? What do you think, Jake? No, uh, see, this is not redraft. No, Ballage. If you get him at the end of the draft in, in a deeper league, but you're looking at a committee backfield. I mean, the fact is, they already also came out and said they could see Frank Gore leading this backfield. This is the Dolphins. We can argue for the Drake all we want, but for some reason, they're not sold on him. And whether or not they're not sold on him, he's still going to be performing it in the mix. If he's not in the lead, he's going to be right behind it. And then Ballage is a good pass catcher, but Ballage is not going to lead that backfield, especially as a rookie, especially the fact that he's kind of like, all right, I, I, I don't want to disparage the guy, but I compared him to Josh Allen. He's got all the skills, but he's kind of an idiot on the field. Like that's, that's kind of, how, oh boy. it's the truth. That's the thing. But I'd rather work with that than somebody who's lacking athleticism or something like that. The, again, but the problem is this is a committee backfield. I'm not really looking to say like, Ooh, I've got to get this guy in redraft. If anything, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm staying away from this backfield. All right. So here you go. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Jake, did you see, what I sent you in, in in the in the chat in the G chat about the, the guest? Yeah, it doesn't help. All right, me. All right cool, huh? <laughs> so that doesn't help me. Right, well, just, just just follow my lead, Jake. We're gonna get everybody gonna be all right. So Terrell Owens finally and long overdue. Terrell Owens should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. As far as I'm concerned, Terrell Owens is the second best NFL at the wide receiver to ever play in the NFL, second to only Jerry Rice. I think Terrell Owens. Uh, is better than Randy Moss. I think he had a better career than Randy Moss. I think Randy Moss had more wow-type, exciting plays. But T.O. had a Hall of Fame career in San Francisco. He had a Hall of Fame career in Philadelphia. And he had a Hall of Fame career in Dallas. T.O., in my opinion, is the second best wide receiver to ever play the game. Obviously, the off-the-field stuff, you, you, that's fine, right? Never nothing egregious, just like like Skip Bayless would call him, T.O., Team Obliterator, he would tear apart the locker room. That's basically what T.O.'s M.O. was. And for the most part, most of the stuff he was saying was always right. He just was, you can't say that, T.O. So he finally gets inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. He's going into the class this upcoming year. Do you know yesterday, today, this son of a gun released a statement saying he's not going to attend the induction ceremony? And I'm like, why would T.O. not attend the induction ceremony? First of all, Marvin Harrison attended the induction ceremony. It is no more hooligan gangster on the face of the earth than Marvin Harrison. Jake, Terrell Owens, this has got this. this why would he not go? Does he want attention? Is, is, uh, is he embarrassed to go? What would be the possible reason why Terrell Owens wouldn't show up to his Hall of Fame induction? He's been crying about this for the last four years. Because he's Terrell Owens, and this is now I'm taking my ball and going home. This is this is really what it is. 
I don't disagree. We've had this argument on this show. As a matter of fact, last year, we've done this before. Terrell Owens should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. He shouldn't have taken multiple attempts to get to the Hall of Fame. We all know that. What happened was egregious. Holding him out for any reason, it was there's, there's nothing you could justify to say that Terrell Owens shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. It shouldn't have been first ballot, let alone second ballot, and all the rest. Now he's in, and justifiably so. He should have been the first time around. But now that he's in, now he's saying, like, well, you know what? You did that to me, so screw you guys. I'm not showing up. And he thinks it's him thumbing his nose up at those guys and kind of being like, ha-ha, now I'm not going to show up for the Hall of Fame. But this just makes him look bad, honestly. Like, you look, you were wronged. It's, it's, it's the cliche. Two wrongs doesn't make a right. You were wrong. Don't be, you know, the schmuck who's like, well, now I'm not going to show up to your party. Uh, I mean, here's the one word I'll use, retribution. All right. You know, but see, in, in my opinion, the people that are on the Hall of Fame committee that make the votes, yeah. if you did not vote for Terrell Owens, you should lose your vote. Yeah, all right. I mean, it's that egregious. It's that obvious. You did it as a vendetta, a spite yep. action to keep him out on the first ballot. And it, it's... But now you now he's being those guys. It, but, but that's T.O. Uh, look, I, I'm not justifying it. He should show up. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if T.O. shows up. This is T.O. Yes, saying I'm with this, you. I saying this today. Does. Next week, you know what? T.O.'s going to show up. and He should. If, I'm, honestly, if I'm the NFL, if I'm the Hall of Fame committee, I take a hard line. You told me you're not coming, and you're not coming. See, this no, thing. See, this now, one, it's, now we're going back and forth and back and forth. That's true, too. Now it's, not like, now it's like the national anthem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now it's a debate that doesn't really have an answer was, to it. I was going to compare T.O. to Trump, but I'm not going to. That, that's not even fair. That, 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 <laughs> No, but I, and that's why I didn't want to go down that road. But yeah. I was going to make the same comparison you just did, Corey. Is it's back and forth and back and forth, and everybody wants to be like look. Everybody wants to look better and be the one that won. But then it, it all ends up just making everybody look like like you fling enough blank around. Everybody's yeah. covered. With it. Everybody's going to get hit with a little bit of it. And To see what see one thing I don't understand is this is a bad year for To to do it because. You already Ray Lewis is going in this class. Ray Lewis is going to be the headliner of this class. Period. Ray Lewis is going to talk. He's going to get inducted last. He's going to speak last. Ray Lewis is the guy that everybody wants to see. Now TO is the added bonus, but this is Ray Lewis's party right here, Matt, this upcoming uh induction. Yeah, the man with the white suit. Uh, <laughs> look, I mean, as great Matt, as you go, why are you bringing up old stuff? <laughs> as great as Ray Lewis is, and you know. T.O. is up there. Not in, in, his, in his position, you know, if he's not second, he's third. If, you know, however you want to play that there and stuff like that, I think it's a disservice to himself. He, you know, T.O. 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 could have taken the high road, which is not something you expect him to do. No. Uh, I still love what he did on, on the star. I'll always have a, oh, I'll man, always have a special. two days in a row. I'll always have a special place in my heart. And look, I mean, the catches, the, the plays that he made, the player that he was, that Super Bowl performance was amazing. Was, I mean, if, if they would have won that game, just imagine that. The best celebration in NFL history, the pom-poms with the cheerleaders, mm-hmm. the whole thing, taking the, taking the pen out the sock, signing the, signing he the football. He was doing sit-ups in his driveway. Sit-ups in his dri- he has a lot of memorable <laughs> moments, a lot of them for stupid stuff, though. But one thing we will say that T.O. was always in the, able to entertain you know what I'm saying? But you know what? People put ready. up with stupid stuff as long as you produce it. Uh, yeah, and really produce T.O. produced level. from the moment he got in to the moment he left. Even his last couple of years in Cincinnati, look, this I dude mean, can still that play. that Packers-Niners game in the That was playoffs. a classic. When he caught that, I mean, come on. That was it was a classic. Shout out to Terrell Owens for what he did on, hey. on the face. Who's yelling in my ear like that? <laughs> Who's that? Who is that just yelling in my ear like that on the fourth floor? Huh? Somebody say something. It was me, Sean Engel. It was you, Sean Engel. <laughs> Sean Engle back three days think he run the joint. I like it. He's, he's coming strong. Good job, Sean. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. I, I'm is... doing a pretty good job, I'd say. Uh, Sean, <laughs> Sean, uh, Sean if, you would like to, if you would like to talk on a microphone, we have a NASCAR show <laughs> waiting for you on Saturday mornings. Okay, Sean? <laughs> uh, sometime soon, maybe. Uh, Sean, off air, Sean. Off air. <laughs> off air, Sean Engle. My goodness. Sean Engle coming joint try to take right over, man. Like fun, like <laughs> What up, Jake? <laughs> Since we got one minute, okay, so, so do you know who the Miz is in wrestling? Yeah, I know the Miz, the Cleveland guy. Okay, do you know his catchphrase in wrestling? No, I don't. 
we, okay, he goes, when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, okay, so D'Angelo Williams just tweeted at him. This is great. It says, when Kevin Durant's shot goes up and everyone in Cleveland, mouths go shut. Oh, that was a good one right there. D'Angelo Williams with the burn. Oh, Kevin Durant, Slim Reaper. Uh, speaking of wrestling, my wife was crying last night watching the Total Bellers. Oh, really? Because of John the John Cena. And Nikki. Now John came back and said he wants to have a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What the hell? He, he, he said for, like, years, I, mean, yeah. I don't want any kids. Yeah. Then he goes on, like, every show angel. saying I want to have a family with her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, because now now that she's been gone, he realized that yeah. thing was good. And he, and he was like, oh, I need some more of that. <laughs> I, I prefer the sister. <laughs> He's like, uh-uh. This, um, rep- oh, it's T.I. Thursday. Here we go. Here we go. My man Danny B., world-famous handicap are going to come in studio shoot it around with him for a little bit we might tim don he might walk in here too former nba referee so fancy football frenzy right here on fntsy radio have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand or better yet in the pocket of your khakis well check it out now you can it's the fantasy sports radio network app download it now to your phone we promise no weird viruses no strange tracking things just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. My man, Danny B. It's T.I. Thursday. I don't know if you listen to much T.I., Danny. No, you... not, not really, my man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm down. I'll do anything. Man. I'm, I'm game for anything. Right, there you about. go. That's what I like to hear right there. <laughs> Danny B. Danny, pronounce your last name for me. I always known you as Danny B. Well, Bianculo. 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 Danny Bianculo. Yeah, there right. was a name they used to call me growing up, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, very good. So, Danny Beats, DannyBSportsNetwork.com. You are a world-class, world-famous handicapper. Oh, thank you for that compliment. Yeah. I'm a world-class. I don't, I've been doing it a long time, put yeah. it that way. How'd you get into it? Like, what made you like, you know what, I like the numbers. Is it the numbers? Is it the, the high? Is it the money? The money? I started off as a bookie. Okay. Well, 80, right. 83 to 94, yeah. and I got an opportunity to work for a handicapping service in California, and I jumped on it and haven't turned back the clock. I started off on a score phone. All right. Oh, I remember that back I remember in the that day. making yeah, those that, phone calls. That, that was me, the voice of America, Danny yeah. B. My headset's very loud. Is there a trigger oh, here on the That's probably my bad. I like the volume loud, Danny. Yeah, Did you yeah, go down a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that's better. I was like killing myself. Here, but right. It all started off doing the score phones back right. in the day, updating the odds, breaking down games, selling 900 numbers. Yeah. Remember the uh-huh. 900 picks before the internet came in and ruined everybody's world? But, uh, yeah, that's how I started. HBO discovered me, and I, I got a gig with them for three seasons. How did HBO discover you, and what were you doing for HBO? Well, I wrote an article for the Las Vegas Sporting News talking about the handicapping business, and I All called right. it behind the scene of a multi-million dollar uh, scheme. And they were doing an investigation about the business, so they had me come in. I, d- I sat with Jim Lampley. All right. And uh, Brian Gumpold was the... Real Sports. Yeah, that, Real no, that's sports. the show, Real, Real Sports. 1997. Emmy Award winning show, 97's a long time. they got time. three Emmys for that show. Yeah, so Matt Morantz, the producer, Lampley, and Gumble. All right, look at that. Well, Danny V, you're breaking it all down. Right quick, I do want to get to right quick. Got a quick uh, piece of fantasy information, very important breaking news. Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman is facing a four-game suspension for violating the NFL performance-enhancing substance po- policy. League sources tell at Field Jates suspension is under appeal. So right now, before we after we done with Danny, we'll get in here had an all-in kid. Matt, we'll get in and break that down from a fantasy purpose. Julian Edelman, Patriots wide receiver, facing a four-game suspension for violating the NFL substance abuse policy. So there goes that right there. So now, um, Danny, gambling is like legal in like. Everywhere. Well, it's, 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 the yes. states have the right to decide. This is good news for you. How waiting, long have you been following uh, it? 2009. 2009 right. when Delaware was embarking on it. Yeah. And they got shut down like a week before, and they, they converted it back to parlay cards. Yeah. I had billboards. I had casinos back of me in Delaware, and I was riding a stationary bike at, at one of the gyms. You was counting the money, wasn't you? I spent it already. <laughs> I counted. I spent it. I, well, I'm still spending it to this yeah, day. Uh-huh. But now it's time, and I'm excited about it. It's like Christmas in America. Yeah, I mean every every state, probably except Utah, will have it. <laughs> Maybe Alabama, the Bible Belt people. I don't yeah, think they're going to. I don't think they're going to uh, grasp it. 
You got you want to get in here, Matt? No, I just think it's you know I I, I think it's you know fantastic, uh, and having Danny like sitting here with us that this is where everything's going. We were just waiting for it to become legal, and the explosion is at the door. And once that door is open, it's you know everybody's going to be in on it. I like when New Jersey told the leagues basically to go. You know why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as their integrity. Yeah, the, the integrity fee. Now here's the thing. Adam Silver was like, listen, it, t- it cost the NBA seven point two billion dollars to put the product out there, to put it together, to give you the content that you're going to be gambling on or placing bets on. But like you said, North Vegas never gave a sports league a dime. They're going to benefit from the exposure, the mm-hmm. added eyeballs watching and engaging. How many people are going to come out of Wall Street yeah. that have been dabbling in the market? And they can do it now because it's transparent, it's legal, you know? Yeah. And that's been a big issue in all my years. People want to do it, but they're afraid, and they don't want to send their money offshore. 100% with that, Danny. That's why I've held back from doing it. You know, if, if I'm in Vegas, I'll put my money up front and stuff yeah. like that. But I don't want to rely on some offshore place. What happens? If, if they get shut down with my money, you know, I don't Well, the problem is it takes forever to get paid. Mm-hmm. And what that they do is, is they, 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 they take their time to pay you, hoping that you're going to gamble the rest of your money away. Yeah. So you cancel your payout that never left. So they got you. Because they know people are going to chase mm-hmm. You request a payout. It's not there. Just cancel that. The payout. Now, I, believe me, I work for these people. I know how they think. Oh, really? So I'm very, I'm very happy about where we're going. All in, kid. Jake Silly won't hop in here. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess just the biggest question is going to be, I think most around the world is, or at least the United States, if you haven't been involved. Like, so take it down to the simple layman level. I haven't been involved, not me, but I haven't been involved in betting before. And now this is happening and I think I want to get into it. How would you recommend a beginner do that and not get their money in their doors blown off? Conservatively, start off small with money you can afford to lose. Okay. That's the bottom line. Don't play with scared money. All right. No scared doubt about mo- it. Scared money never makes money. And Danny's right. If you start out with money, you can lose. Like, if you go to Atlantic City and you're like, I'm coming home with $5,000. You're probably going to be five thousand in the hole. Sure, yeah, <laughs> you know, and a marker, and, and a marker, and, exactly. And and to Danny's point about chasing, like when I gambled with a book, say if I was up two thousand on Monday, I'm increasing my bets throughout the week. I'm feeling strong, and if I'm opposite for me, if I'm down two thousand early, I am going to continually chase. Yeah, so. Well, you know, everybody's different, but the common guy is going to get emotionally attached. His emotions get in the way. I should have won a game. I could have. I got. Screwed in the last minute. So their reaction is to chase it, you know, and uh-huh. that's what happens. So I'm all for this legalization because you have to post your money. You okay. can't bet with credit. Yeah. That's where people get hurt. Well, so. yeah, well, that, well that's, that's kind of, yeah, you're That's right. why I stopped using the phone years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, let me ask you this. So when you look at, obviously, weeks one through 16, the playoffs and Super Bowl of the NFL season, that's going to be humongous for these states that are in on the ground floor. Sure. But after the NFL... Is it the NCAA tournament? Is it the NC? Is it the NBA playoffs? What is this, the next big draw? Well, March Madness. Yeah. March Madness. Uh, a lot of people quit after the Super Bowl. Yeah. I've been doing this 25 years. And then they get a little reprieve after they see March Madness. Yeah. You know, the little highlights on TV. And it depends. Some The most successful players a season, they play every sport. All right. You don't quit after football. There's value in basketball. There's value in baseball. But if you don't watch the sport or know the don't. sport, can you still know how to bet it by looking at the numbers? If you're a numbers guy, yeah. Okay. But most people are not. Uh, and there's guys like me that can help you. Right. So I like baseball. That's my sport. Yeah. Football, I look at Everybody does it. It's like New Year's. Everybody drinks on New Year's. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. people, I tell them there's more value in basketball. These smaller colleges, yeah. you know, off-the-chart schools that nobody's paying attention Robert to. Robert Morris versus South Carolina State. Loyola, Chicago, all yeah. those small why schools. Is it, why is that value there? Well, it pays the same, number one. That's but, number, yeah, that makes you know, sense. And, and sometimes you'll find off-lines. You look for off-lines. Yeah, and yeah. I got a math guy that's just insane. Right, and can we get access to this math guy? Over on uh, well, he's in the studio over there. If you want to pull him in, but you better be prepared. He's a madman. Well, I'm talking about uh, getting your product, uh, public, promoting your product. It's DannyBSportsNetwork.com. Yeah, DBWins.com. Easy to oh, remember. Oh, DBWins.com. Well, it takes you to the same place. It's the same. It's the same landing page. Just easy to remember on radio. People, you know, so you keep it simple. DBWins.com. Yeah. All right, so there you go. DBWins.com. It takes I you like to the same it. place. But uh, yeah, I've been at this a very long time, and I'm I'm excited. I was ready to get out of the business. Yeah. If, if this didn't happen, if this didn't. What was you gonna go to though? 
Just enjoy oh, guess you can just retire, huh? <laughs> Pretty much. Enjoy my Maseratis and just drive yeah, into the I see sunset. Yeah, I see you got two Maseratis. That's from Working um, on a third one here. Be like yeah. John Gotti. Drive a yeah. Maserati. <laughs> and actually, I walk them. I don't even drive them. They got no miles on them. I walk them to the gym and back, and that's about it. <laughs> well, they have a leash on them. Like we mentioned about March Madness, I remember seeing an article a couple months back where it said like only 3% of it was legal and it was billions of dollars we were talking about. I think there was a half a trillion dollars bet last mm-hmm. year that they can track. So I'm assuming that we should be closing in on a trillion dollars this year. Wow, that's crazy right there. Possible. And, and that's what about the underground? They can't track everything. No, they local. can't do that. And you're never going to get rid of that local bookie either. No, you're not. There's nobody in my neighborhood, though. No more? You're from the area, then. No, there's no bookies and there? I can't find them in Harlem. Okay, well, they're there, I'm sure. I'm sure you can find them if you look hard enough. <laughs> yeah, if you go searching. <laughs> Put the camera on Matt, and then you write the number. Then I... <laughs> well, I got numbers. Actually, Mr. Parson, how you doing? <laughs> that's how I got into business. And, yeah. you know, I got an opportunity in California, and I, at first I was like, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And it made money, and then I got an offer in Pennsylvania to come work for a guy, and... He owned a casino, he owned a magazine, and he owned a score phone. And right. I became the voice of America from 95 to 2001. Hey, what's, what's the name of that movie? I remember writing on my parents' Two for wall. the money? You thinking two for the money? Not two for the money. Um, Pacino. Two for the money. That was uh, two for the Matt, money? Matt McConaughey right. and Yes, two for the money. They were portraying uh, Stu Finer and Brandon Lang. That's who they were portraying, huh? There's a lot of BS thrown in there, a lot of inaccuracies about the business. Yeah. It was okay to watch. Right, cool. They should have made that about me. Yeah, been more I, figured, I figured that. But I know, I know that. Stu Finer. I know that whole crew. If they would have made it about you, right? Say they would have made two for the money. And the one an Oscar. The, 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 Danny, the Danny B story. Right. Who you think should have played you? Matt McConaughey. <laughs> George Clooney. <laughs> well, a younger Danny B, an older Danny. I'm, you know, I'm looking in the camera as I'm getting older. I'm like, that's not the guy that started this business back in 94. What happened? If it was me, it would be Billy D. Williams. Billy, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I see that. Billy D. was younger man. I also like that kid D. that, uh, what's his name? He's funny. Uh, from Pineapple Expe- uh, Express. I forgot his name. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's hysteric. James Franco. James Franco. I like James Franco. Right, not cool. Seth Rogen. But I like him. And uh, I, Actually, they're all funny. But, you know, I'm glad the business is going to where it's out of the gray area. All right. Let me, get, let me get one more. Then I'll get, all right, so YouTube people, we got to sign off, but we're going to get the breakdown of Julian Edelman, and we'll have them post the video afterwards. So YouTube, Goon Squad, will be out. Uh, we'll holler at you tomorrow. Thanks for rocking with us the first week back. So let me ask you this. Um, how'd you meet Tim? Tim, Tim Donaghy, oh, former a, NBA referee, That's Tim an Donaghy. interesting story. You got a second? Do we have a second? We got about five, six minutes. Okay. It all started with a buddy of mine comes up from Florida to see me. He wants a job. Yeah. I worked with him in the past. So he says, oh, oh, oh. He goes, by the way, he goes, you know that referee? I'm like, which one? He goes, Tim Donaghy. He goes, I got his phone number. I go, how'd you get his phone number? He goes, he signed into my gym, and I stole him off of the register. Nice job. He goes, why don't we give him a call and ask him to come on a radio show? And I said, oh, that might spook him. So I found his email address, yeah. and I sent him an email, asked him if he wants to come on the show to promote his book. And it all started from there. Just the interview turned into a friendship, to a job, and yeah, we've been. He's at right out there right now. We've yeah, been, he is. He's been, been out there. For, he's been working with me since 2010. Well, shout out to him. He's paid his debt to society. He so has. glad to have him along. Uh, all in, kid. Jason. I took him to his first game after the scandal. 2012, Dallas in the Knicks, right across the street, set courtside, right next to Carter. Vince Carter was with Dallas at the time. Look at the, the damn. And Vinny from the Jersey Shore, if that helps you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Vinny from the Jersey Shore, the damn Knicks. Mark Cuban came over and shook his hand, right? And my camera froze. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Talk about a publicity that's a, start. That, that, that would have been bad. a picture to have I'm right there, I'm sitting there like this. I'm like. That's a picture to have. And Mark's coming over very reluctantly. Like, he sees me, and I had a couple of drinks, and I'm tanked up. And he's like, I'm going to shake your hand, Timmy. But yeah. Please, no pictures. And I'm like. Get that, no, you got to get that photo. I'm like, I'm like no, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All in, kid, Jake Seeley, this breaking news. Then, then he moonwalked out of there. <laughs> this breaking news on Julian Edelman, what does that do for fantasy purposes? Mind you, we're still in June, so it's a lot that has to come afterwards. Oh, yeah, and it's the fact that Chris Hogan was being underdrafted as of right now. Jordan Matthews is basically free and underdrafted, or resultingly so, so... The both of them are going to move up, and they should move up. The problem is, is also don't forget about Julian Edelman because 
if his four games, if his three games go back to the Le'Veon Bell situation. The biggest thing with Julian Edelman is being able to stay healthy. Well, now you just got to make up for the first couple weeks. So don't completely write off Julian Edelman. But this gets Chris Hogan back to where he's like, people were so excited for Chris Hogan last year. He comes out balling as a wide receiver one. He gets hurt and then drafts roll around this year. And now he's going in the eighth round, ninth yeah. round. Like, I, I, I don't get it. So Chris Hogan's going to move up as he should. Again, Jordan Matthews was a great late round flyer to begin with. But now you maybe look at Cordell Patterson or Kenny Braid or Philip Dorsett or something. Those are... You know, Ian Rappaport just tweeted it. Now we know why the Patriots have been stockpiling wide receivers. Yeah, because they knew this was coming. They definitely got the scoop on this one before it happened. Matt, you want to hop in right there? Yeah, just real quick. It's going to ruin the value that was Chris Hogan. No, it really that's, is. Yeah, that's that's, what's that's gonna, what it does. That's the main thing. Well, Danny, and Jordan Matthews. Matthews was free. Yeah, no, Matthews was free, but now Hogan's going to shoot up. Danny, you ever fool around with our fantasy? You know, actually, no. I'm intrigued, uh, but... We want to combine our show. That's what we're doing. We're yeah. combining sports betting with fan. I know nothing about it. I apologize. Yeah. No, I, I can't interact. I with think that. you'd like the high stakes fantasy. Well, it hurt my business because after people got tired of going offshore, they found something that they can do and not get into trouble. Fandle, yeah. It stole the thunder from my industry. Yeah. And so did social media because now you don't have to pay for nothing. You go right on Twitter and then you get everything right for free. there. Free. Your up. stuff is the best, though, right? It's as good. It's as good as it gets. You know, uh, people are looking for eighty percent, seventy-five percent. It's a lot of reading, a lot of research, a lot of phone talking yeah at tim telling me about the referees and yeah uh you hit 57 percent. that's a good year how'd you do for the nba playoffs uh we did okay right. we did okay last night i took a tank i had cleveland plus the points i went down with that one yeah uh, what yeah. are you gonna do? Yeah, no, that was but tough I'll last say, night. But I'll say you get what you pay for. You know, if you want everything yeah, no free, doubt. You, you know. Well, the thing that we offer that Twitter doesn't is somebody to talk to and get on the phone and ask questions. If you never bet before, you need somebody to teach you. Number one. Yeah. You don't know what a minus one ten over this means or whether they're buybacks. They don't know that. So there's always going to be. But now social media is really hurt. But I think with legalization, it's gonna. No, gonna you, it's, it's, it's like it's like my people uncle, don't get to understand what the big my is. uncle <laughs> my uncle used to God bless his soul every day. Um, every day I can remember him being alive. Two or three times a day he went down to the number hole, and you know, and Harlem was big on that though. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Harlem was huge. The Harlem was with, yeah with the numbers. He went down into the number hole every day to the point where I started going down to the number hole for him. So now with legalization, it's like you don't have to go to the number hole no more. And you don't have to get yourself in trouble and have somebody that beats people up for a living to collect the money. You know, the business has changed, so I'm excited about it. Yeah. I think more and more people are going to do it wide out of curiosity. Yeah. Just to see. I've been hearing about this for years. My buddy does it. This guy does it. Let me put a couple of hundred into account and give it a shot. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's but just, see, that's the key. You put in a couple hundred into an account. It's legal. You, you know, you just you have that peace of mind. Now. Thank you. That's well said. You know, and I've heard so many nightmares. All the time, the guys, when they owe me money on a commission, hey, listen, I still haven't got my check. Like the dog ate my homework. I'm tired of freaking here. <laughs> the dog ate, it's coming, it's coming. The dog ate my homework. Well, you have people that used to work for here. No, let me stop. <laughs> um, that's what's up, Danny. That's 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 what's up. So you did. So you was out there on the street. You know? I've been. Oh, I've been around yeah. the block more than the space shuttle, pal. Yeah. I got miles on me. I've, I've seen it all. Uh, Eighty. I, I was a ball player. I played ball. I wasn't good enough to make it to the next level. Yeah. I had nothing to fall back on, so I came back to New Jersey and worked for, you know, working yeah. in those guys. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Worked my way up, worked my way down, and got out of that business and switched hats around. Yeah, you, you ever have to put anybody in the headlock? To my son. Uh, okay. I, I posted a video about it. Like, <laughs> just like Chad Ochoacinco, you know, you got to be tough on your kids. Um, I, the tough love. There tough you go, love, right you know. there. But Daniel. you had asked me earlier, is there a future bet that I like this year? And my guy, my NFL guy, says Arizona over five and a half. Arizona over five and a half. I saw, I saw on a site where Arizona to win the NFC West was plus 800. And I'm like, a year ago, they were still a contender. You know what? I like what I see. They got Bradford. If he stays healthy, they got a That's fit. not going to happen. I, I agree. <laughs> I was never a fan to begin with. Yeah. The guy looks like he's scared. He looks, look in his eyes. The I'm eyes a, tell a story. I'm a Colt McCoy guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, they got a favorable schedule. The first four games, I think three or four are at home. They yeah. should win at least half of them. And at the end of the year, I think they finish up with some mop-up. I'm not sure, but Arizona over five and a half. For the All-In Kid, Jake Seeley for Wall Street, Matt Medica. Thank you for rocking with us, the Fantasy Football Frenzy, right here on FNTS Radio, dbwins.com. Thank you.